0: Amen. Thank you. Please open your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 1 through 9. I will have the slides up on here for you to follow along with as well. But as always, it's great to have your own Bible open. Something that if you so choose, you can mark up, put an underline, a star, a circle, highlight. Something that God really is speaking to you. Maybe you want to make a little note um, also to that. This past week, we spent a lot of time teaching the children through Vacation Bible School. And now today, I want to challenge all of us. I want to have a continuation of this challenge to be teaching the children. But this challenge isn't just for the kids This challenge isn't just for the pastors in this room, the missionaries in this room. This challenge isn't just for the vacation Bible school leaders and teachers in this room. This challenge isn't for just the Sunday school teachers or the children's church workers or the nurseries. This challenge today is for every adult, especially in this room Kids, you also can be learning from this message today. For we all have a responsibility to continue to be teaching the children the things of God everywhere we go and to all kids, no matter who you are. It's a responsibility of being a follower of Christ, one of God's chosen. We glorify God in how we teach the children. So please follow along with me. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 1 through 9. We'll have it on the screen as well. And... I'll start reading with this. Now, this is the commandment, the statutes and the rules. Now, right off the bat, I just want to point out, we're reading that this is the commandment, the statutes, the rules. It's not saying, now, these are some options for you. These are some ideas for you to think about. It's not giving you an option. This is saying, this is the commandment, the statutes, the rules that you should be living by. And it says, that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you. God himself has made these commandments for us to hear, so we should be opening our ear, listening, hearing what he has to say. It says, let me start back. Now, this is a commandment, the statutes, the rules, that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you, that you may do them in the land to which you are going over, to possess it. Some background here, and we'll get more into this later, but again, notice what they're talking about. They're about to go into a new land, which God is providing for them, and they're saying, before you go into the land, I have these instructions, these commands from God. This is how you should live. This is how you should possess it, that you may fear the Lord, your God. Now, as we're talking about fear of the Lord, this isn't a fear of the Lord where we cower in a corner, trembling and shaking, that we're scared Almost all references to fearing Lord is a fear out of reverence, out of respect, out of love, out of appreciation for all he is and all he does and all he continues to do. You and your son and your son's son should be fearing the Lord your God as you go into this land to possess it. And it says, by keeping all his statutes and his commandments... That's one way we respect God. We reverence after Him. We revere Him. We fear Him. We love Him. With fear and trembling, we keep His statutes and His commandments, which I command you all the days of your life, and that your days may be long. Hear, therefore, hear, O Israel, and be careful to do them that it may go well with you. Again, we're talking about commandments from God. What are we to do? Be careful to do these commands. Be careful to live up to these statutes. Put them into action that it may go well with you. Already we're seeing there is a consequence to sin for action. There's a consequence in not following the righteous ways of God. There's a consequence when we do not do as God says. But there's also a consequence. That's a consequence of the negative. There's also a great consequence of the positive. Positive. When we do as God says, when we live as he ordains us to live, he says that it may go well with you. And that you may multiply greatly as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. Moving on here, and this is really the scripture we'll be focusing on today, verses 4 to 9, I believe it is. It says this, hear O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Such a foundational truth we need to know and they need to know as they're going into this new land, a new land which, which people worship false gods and many go- gods. He's saying right here, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. I love that word Might. I think it's more powerful than just saying your strengths. I think might just gives us this more fully developed word, which means with every might you have, everything that's within you, that's what we love God with. That's what we give to him. And it says, in these words I command you today shall be on your heart. But here, this is such an important piece of scripture for us to see. It says, you shall teach them diligently to your children. What we'll focus on today and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates in scripture today but if you did not notice the scripture should be diligently being taught to the children everywhere When you sit down, when you rise, when you go, when you're just walking up to a house, they should be able to see it. They should be able to know it. They should be able to see it in your lives. The text we just read is perhaps one of the most well-known portions of the Old Testament among Jewish faith. Jews commonly refer to verses 4 and 9 as a Shumah, which means hear. Hear this, listen up. Perk up, pay attention, yield to what you're about to read. And in fact, as you see these words, the Jewish creed, the Jewish prayer, they would pray these words multiple times a day, no less than two days at morning and evening worship. So it's very well known within their lives, this great commandment that they have to live up to. And I believe this word or this command is shumach. To hear or hear this is appropriate for us this morning because we too need to hear these commands. We need to hear these instructions for how are we to live. And I believe this is appropriate for us after the week of vacation Bible school. For Jitah's vacation Bible school teaches the children, we all must be teaching the children God's ways, God's glory, and God's truth every single day. Now, it's so easy to pick on the parents, and this isn't a Mother's Day message. This isn't a Father's Day message. This is for all of us, but we all have a responsibility in this because we could say all of us have someone who is younger than us that needs to see God and Christ and the Holy Spirit within our lives. So with with this, I say, if you're a note taker, I want you to take out a pen and piece of paper because I'm going to give you the points right off the bat. And actually, with that said, I want to encourage all of you. Grab a pen, grab a piece of paper, your bulletin, the pencil on the pews. Get out your cell phone, if you like, to write these notes down. Because the points I'm about to give you, although maybe not new, although maybe simple, they are profound. It's something which we need to remember to live by. I doubt I'm going to be giving you any new great insights. But maybe I'm going to be reminding you, wow, why am I not thinking about this more? So as I give you these points, I want you to consider if you write this down on a piece of paper, and this is nothing new either, but how often do we do it? As I give these points to write down, think about where you can put it that you see it. Your mirror, your car, on your desk at work. Maybe if you're taking it on your cell phone or if you transpose it that later, you can set up a reminder like the Jews to pray this twice a day, to think about these things. For I believe it's important for us to hear these things and abide by them. The first point is this, and we must do these things everywhere. The first point is this, number one, teach the children through your words. For they are listening. Teach the children through your words. They are listening. We must watch our mouth. And in some cases, maybe we need to wash our mouth too. More specifically, as we think about teaching the children through our words, we need to be specific that we're teaching the children through our words about God. They are listening to what we say. Do our words teach godly truths? Do our words teach revelations of God? About him and his ways. About the salvation to be found in him and him alone. Or do our words often speak more of the things of the world than the things of God? Do our words honor and glorify him and his greatness? We must watch our words. Number two... And again, this is just giving you the points, and we'll speak of them. Number two, the second point is this. Teach the children through your living, through your actions. For not only are they listening, they are watching. We must watch our steps. I often pray that I pray God would be glorified in my thoughts, God would be glorified in my speech, and God would be glorified in my actions. The same is true for all of us when we're thinking about teaching the children. We must be thinking of how our words are teaching the children and how our actions are teaching the children. For whether you're a parent, whether you're a grandparent, whether you're an uncle, whether you're a brother, whether you're just somebody walking out in the community, I guarantee you, children see you. Children see you. More specifically with watching our step, we need to... Be sure that we teach our children about God through how we live, through how we breathe, through how we step, through how we act, and by who we place our faith in in all things. How often do our kids here or kids in general hear us talking about the faith that we have in God and that our world cannot be shaken personally because we know there's a better future which awaits all of us. I fully believe Christians must model God for the children, but not just in our minds, not just one day a week or one week a year, but with our speech and actions every day and everywhere. Let me repeat that for you. It's on the board if you're taking notes. Christians must model God for the children, but not just in our minds. We all have the best of intentions to do more at home and myself included, not just one day a week, and not just one week a year like vacation Bible school or at Christmas time, but with our speech and actions every day and everywhere. And that's for all of us. When it comes to the matter of instructing children, parents and adults may tend to limit themselves, though. So. I wrote down three ways of which I think we limit ourselves. Number one is this we may not teach the children in any way the things of God at home. As we believe this is for the church to do, this is for the pastors to do, this is for the missionaries to do. And this is hard news to hear, but we know it's a very real truth. And maybe it's not something that you outward display, but it's something that you personally feel. Maybe it's because of a fallacy of thought, of assuming that there's just not enough time, or that you're just not qualified enough. Well, in that case, I challenge you all, get more qualified There's so many great devotionals out there, so many great disciples to make disciples, so many great men and women of God which would love to meet with you and challenge you and encourage you and talk through things with you. Find a Bible study to do. Find a prayer group to join. And find a way to lead your kids in God's ways. Alternatively, two more. Parents and adults may gravitate towards one method of of teaching, but not both. We may lean towards teaching them through our words. We often talk about the things of God. Maybe around the dinner table, the breakfast table, we pray for our food. But then what do they see in the everyday life? Or that. Maybe they see you modeling God through your living, but they never see you actually talk about him. They think, my dad is a good person. But they don't really know why. Why do you make the choices you make? Unfortunately, rarely do we bring all three of these things together. But I wrote, just as children need a balanced diet of food to be healthy and to grow well, children need a healthy diet of God's word through many people and through many ways. I wrote down, Christians everywhere must be deliberate, diligent, persistent in the spending of time teaching the children essential truths of God and his word, the gospel of Christ, the grace of God, and the righteous ways to live. We must be careful that these truths are lived out through our lives in both ways of what they hear and of what they see. And that's long. I'm not going to repeat it for you, but I'll leave it on the screen for a moment for you to focus upon or write down. But I believe full heartedly the scripture today calls us as parents and us as adults as we're raising children, whoever they may be in your life, as followers of Christ, followers of God, his chosen. We must be teaching the children in word and deed. Let's move forward with point number one. Point number one is teach your children through your words for they are listening. And as I go here, I do want to make one comment that I was going to skip over, but it's important to see. I speak a lot about fathers. Partially, that's because I'm a father, so it's easier to be hard on myself. Part of that's because I know that in in today's world as a whole, fathers have stepped down when they need to step up, and men need to step up into the rightful place of leading their families spiritually as they should. But when I speak here today, I want you to hear, I want you to be challenged that it's not just for fathers. I may speak of fathers, but whoever you are, you can see that children need the word. Children need God. And children need grace. They need to hear of God's love. So let's move forward. Number one, point number one is teach your children through your words, for they are listening. And we must watch our mouth and as I somewhat joked earlier but it's true we must also think to wash out our mouth I think of um and maybe it's a bad illustration I despise this movie but at Christmas time everybody loves that Red Rider BB gun movie and the little boy in the beginning he got his mouth washed out with soap and let me tell you that wasn't very enjoyable for him but I bet it did make him think Think again about what he says. We too need to metaphorically wash our mouth and think about what are we saying as brothers and sisters in Christ. We may not think about it often, but everything we say may either reflect a God-glorifying faith or the lack of. Let me say that again: Everything we say may reflect. A God-glorifying faith or the lack of. What are you saying? God's word here gives blunt instructions, blunt commands as what is to be taught. As it says, his statutes, his commands. And it says to follow that we must be careful to do these things. This is serious stuff, folks. These are commands of God, and these are convicting statements, and as I wrote down, as I thought about this thought, I said, how often do we spend time so-called preparing our kids for life? Did I use that right? I don't know. I get made fun of all the times I use air quotes wrong, but how often do we prepare kids for life, but we're not preparing them for eternal life? How often are we saying that we're preparing our kids for life? We're preparing them for dating. We're preparing them for working. We're preparing them for college. We're preparing them for bullying. We're preparing them for successful fishing, right, Sam? (laughs) But how often are we preparing them with the Word of God? Because that's what matters most. Too often we're not talking about our faith. We're not talking about the differences between rightful living and wrongful living according to God's word. We're too busy talking about the shallow things of this world. And this week, I in the past few weeks, I got to hang out a lot with one of our missionaries, the Schwindemans, And I was challenged. As I think in America, we are so shallow in so much of our thought as we have so many different hobbies, so many different revenues, so many different venues for entertainment that we don't talk about our faith enough. We don't get into deep conversations to truly ask, how are you doing? How is your relationship with the Lord doing? What are you studying? What are you praying through? How can I pray for you? How can we pray together? We must be thinking about our words. How do we prepare children through our teaching with our words to enter not just the world but the kingdom of God, and to have kingdom living. We do it by teaching them his statutes, his commands. I want to give you a little bit of context as we move forward. You see, these instructions were given to the Israelites under the leadership of Moses, and what we might refer to as the eve of their entrance into the new promised land. Moses had led the people through the wilderness for 40 years. The disbelieving generation that did not seize the land when they first approached had passed away. And Moses is now speaking to their children and possibly their grandchildren, who are those who did not witness the great acts of God. But they've heard about it. And now they're hearing some instructions for how to live in the coming days. They're about to enter the promised land, but not first without some instructions to be sure they don't make the same mistakes as those who have come before them. And I want you to see, in what we just read, there is a great sense of urgency in Moses' voice. Do we have that same type of urgency? Moses' foremost concern here, I believe, is their spiritual welfare, their spiritual maturity, their spiritual upbringing. And we must have the same as we teach the children which God puts around us in our lives. Moses reminds them that they there be entering a land with many false gods. But he says the God of Israel is God, the one God, the true God, the only God for them to worship or pay attention to. And he says of this one God, speaking from Deuteronomy 6 here, he says that they are to give him their whole heart, their soul, and all their strength or their might. He tells him that the means through which the truth was to be passed on was through consistent, intentional, diligent instruction. Listen as I read verse 6 to 7 again. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And you shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. I saw a dad joke earlier about... A husband was being accused by his wife of stealing her thesaurus. And then he came up with five different words to explain how he was just appalled by that. He was gasted by that. And it just proved that, oh, wow, he really did. I wish I had a thesaurus up here to give many different words for that word diligently right there. But it does give us a definition. He describes what that means when it says you should talk about them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way when you lie down, when you rise. I think that's all, all inclusive of all of your life. Everywhere you go, you should be diligently teaching the children the things of God. But I ask you, do we still have that sense of urgency? Because we're strangers in a world that is hostile towards God, a world that seeks to entice us away from serving him. And like the Israelites of old, we are tempted in so many ways to pursue the many different gods, the many different things of the world before we seek out God. God must have our whole heart, our whole mind, all of our might. Perhaps you still see no cause for alarm, no danger. You don't think you're drifting away. Well, I challenge you to think about this thought. Think about the past two weeks. The past week, the, I put the, the past two weeks. I know a lot of us were teaching vacation Bible school this week. And we had the things of God on our mind every single night. So I said, think about the past seven to 14 days then. Because I think this is convicting. I want you to think, what were your conversations about this week? What were your conversations about the week before? What were your conversations about in this past month can you remember one conversation you had with someone about God? Can you remember one conversation that you had praising God for all he's done? Can you think about one conversation you had where you told somebody about the love of God in sending Christ Jesus to save you for eternity and be in his presence, to wipe away your sins that you might turn away and not be controlled by them but have a new life? That's convicting, isn't it? These are the things we should be teaching the children around us and speaking of in all we do. As I move forward, I wrote down a quote by President Woodrow Wilson, which I have down if my facts are correct. You never know when you get them from the Internet. But it says in an address in 1904, and I'll repeat this twice because I didn't think to write it on this slide, but it says this, If you wish the children to be Christians, you must really take the trouble to be Christians yourself. I'll say that once again if you wish the children to be Christians you must really take the trouble to be Christians yourself and you see that's powerful because we all claim to be Christians I would hope you're here I'd hope that means because you're identifying in some way as a Christian but if you're truly a follower of Christ you must take up the cross follow him live as he did And does and commands and calls. Yield to the Holy Spirit's leading. And glorify him in all you do. Daily life must daily teach God and Christ. I wrote that down next. Maybe you want to write that down on that piece of paper for you to contemplate this coming week. Or on a phone reminder for you to see in the morning or see in the evening to pray through. Daily life must daily teach God and Christ. Daily life must daily teach God and Christ. More specifically, daily life must teach of our great triune God and the great good news of Jesus the Savior and the great helper which we have through him. The key to teaching your children to love God is stated clearly in these scriptures. If you want your children to follow God, you must take God. You must make God part of your everyday talk. Let's move forward with number two. Teach your children through your living. They are watching. Teach your children through your living. They are watching. Not only are we to teach our children about God through our words, but also through our lives. And I have a very powerful illustration for this also. It says this, A father and son were once climbing in the mountains, When the father hesitated for a moment, he had come to a place where he had to choose between two paths and there was danger. As he stood there trying to determine what the best path was to go, his son reminded him of his great responsibility when he said, Go ahead, Dad. I'm right behind you. I'll follow you. You see, there's a reason why there's that saying, actions speak louder than words. And please hear this. I'm not saying that, that our words don't matter. And I hope you see that considering I spent so much time in this message already speaking of how powerful our words are. And what we're teaching kids through how we talk and what we talk about and who we talk about. But our actions also matter. What we say is of great importance Christians must also hear this. I wrote this down on a slide also for you to note. How we live, the paths we choose in life to lead our children have a great impact upon them. And not one just for today, but for all of eternity. It's the daily choices we make concerning what we will do and strive for that reveal to our children the most important things we hold dear. Our words are only as good as the actions that follow. I'm convicted that one of the reasons we gather here Sunday after Sunday is because we believe that this is important. But sometimes there's a, there's a gap here. We show up here because we know this is important, but we fail to then go from here and continue to preach these things and to live in this way. As I work to close, my final idea, challenge, remember, is just bring it all together with this. Children are listening. Children are watching. And they're watching us, adults, or maybe older kids, teenagers. What are they seeing? What are they hearing? You know, it's kind of convicting, challenging, maybe encouraging. But for me, it's convicting to think people are watching me. How are we going to live? Because we have the choice here. Are we going to live in a way which our speech matches up with our actions and our actions match up with our speech and all these things match up with our faith in God? Are we going to show that we have more faith in the world? We have more faith in the friendships. We have more faith in our money and our bank accounts. We have more faith in politicians. We have more faith in mother nature. What are we going to show that our faith is in most? We must live in a way which kids see the actions that we live by proclaim of the glory of God. I've got one more illustration I believe to share with you. It's of a father just noticing a situation. It says this. A father tells the following story about overhearing a conversation between his son and two other little boys. When my small boy was playing with his buddies in the backyard, I overheard them talking one day. And the conversation was, amusingly, one of those, my dad can whip your dad type conversations. Anybody in here be able to relate with that? I think I probably had one of those when I was a kid. One boy said proudly, "'My dad knows the mayor of our town.' Another said, "'That's nothing. "'My dad knows the governor of our state.'" Wondering what was coming next in this program of bragging, I then heard my son say, "'That's nothing. "'My dad knows God.'" I slipped away from my place of eavesdropping with tears in my eyes and on my cheeks and on my knees in my room. I prayed earnestly and gratefully, Oh, God, I pray that my boy will always be able to say, my dad knows God. Isn't that powerful? If you want the kids of this generation to to see that we we know God, we need to be thinking about what are we teaching the children through our words? What are we teaching the children through our actions? How are they seeing God? How are they hearing of God through you? Our children are watching our lives to figure out what life is all about. But you see, preparing them for life ahead is more than just the temporary things of this earth. It's teaching them of the eternal things to be found in God and God alone. It's teaching them of the truth and the righteous living to only be seen through his word. So let's conclude with this. We must all be teaching the children, everyone and everywhere, Teach the children about God through your words. Teach the children about God through your actions. Commit to teaching them the truth so they can live their lives confidently, successfully in God's truth, love, and grace, and hope. Let's be sure to take time to teach children the truth from God's point of view, the real and only true truth, and the one true truth that the world is not teaching them, but they need to hear as well as the world needs to hear. But also, as you teach these things, be consistently to live out these things yourself, too. Teach the children to pray, also, so they know that they, too, can turn to God in their times of need and their times of great praise. Not just the world and not just you. Don't make yourself a God in your kids' lives. Turn them to the one true God. I want to close by reading this scripture just once more here, and it says this. And they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and of your gates. Let's pray and we'll close with one final song. Lord, we thank you for this instruction, this challenge from your word. And Lord, although we know the context is somewhat different, we know that this was commanded and instructed for the people going into the promised land, we know that we still must live with these same principles within our lives today. We too must be teaching the children the things of God. May we be revealing the truths of your word and may we not just speak of them and say, do as I say, not as I do, but may we live according to your ways also. In all ways, may we be striving to glorify you with our lives and with our mouths, with our speech. Lord, as I always pray and think, may we glorify you with our thoughts. May we glorify you with our speech. May we glorify you with our actions that you may receive all the glory that were possible to bring to you this day and every day of our lives. And Lord, we pray that we would be teaching the children, but not just the children, all those who are around us. As brothers and sisters in Christ, may we step up to the plate and may we swing our metaphorical bats with the word of God, showing them the truth, the grace, the love the hope to be found in you and you alone. Lord, we pray for the lost to be found and we pray for your equipping of us as we do this. May we think more clearly and more diligently how often we're teaching of your commands and your statutes. May we think more diligently about our conversations, not being afraid to get into the hard conversations of doctrine and theology and what we believe, Or just the hard conversations and awkward which can be just to say, how are you doing? How can I pray for you? And may we not be afraid to say, I don't have the answers. But let's turn to God and talk to him. For he'll guide us. Thank you for the peace which goes beyond our own understanding. Thank you for guiding us and being a mighty fortress. And it's in your holy and powerful name we pray. All God's people awoke and said. Amen. Please stand. Let's worship together. do the things this word the words of this song says that you would build your life upon God's love that you have a firm foundation found in him if you're looking for someone to pray with or or for today come up here we'd love to pray with you Um, if not we ask you as you depart today keep praying for the teaching of the children around the world to not just be by the world by the government by the schools but also by people of God That they may hear of the love of God also. Speak of these things often. Speak of these things daily. Pray for these things. Let me pray. Lord God, we just pray as we depart this place. May we keep your statutes, your commands on our lips. Not just on our thoughts, Lord. But may they be on our lips. And as we speak, not just to children, but anyone in this world. May we be speaking of the statutes, the commands, the things of you. May you use us, guide us, equip us to speak and do great things in your name and for your kingdom. And Lord, we also pray for our actions. In all ways, may how we live and our actions show the great faith that we have in you and that you truly are the mighty fortress. May we build our life upon you, our families, our friendships, our relationships in the workplace, May we even build our life with strangers in this land upon you and your word for your glory in all things and all people said, amen. Thank you for joining us.